welcome back to another episode of ST Talks. I'm Amy Ryan, your host, and today I'm here with Dr. Ben Kreitz, ST Genetics Director of Beef Marketing Development and Regional Managers Luke Bradford and Jared Herbst. Today, these gentlemen will discuss ST Genetics proven Angus sires, and with that, I'll let you take it away. Well, Amy, thank you for the introduction, and we certainly have enjoyed uh, doing these podcasts here and hope our listeners find them useful and enjoyable. And, and today, very fortunate to be joined by two of our very talented regional managers, Jared Herbst in the western part of the U.S. and Luke Bradford down in the, in the southern region from Texas. So Jared and Luke, thank you guys for being a part of the podcast today and, and the conversation. And really, our goal as we discuss a few of the proven Angus sires in our lineup to make it feel like a conversation and just talk through a little bit of these high points. So guys, welcome. Certainly glad that you are here and joining today. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks. Maybe a, a solid place to start here, uh, I think, is SIT's intuition. If uh, one of you guys want to take the lead on intuition here, maybe share your thoughts on the bull. Yeah, I think I remember seeing intuition there the day that he sold. Um, I mean, he was a standout in the pen. He was he was a stud. I mean, he was really easy to see. I mean, just from the minute you walked in, and um, pretty excited to have that bull in the lineup. I know he's kind of just getting going really here in the lifespan of bulls. It takes a while to get the the wheel rolling sometimes, but really probably one of the more underrated bulls in the lineup. You know, as far as having a maternal pedigree, um, a good mother behind him, and uh, Tremendous heel depth on that bull. I mean, I'm always so impressed every time I see intuition because of his foot quality, the heel depth that he offers. I believe on his web page, there's a support photo that's an awesome picture, a close up of his feet where you can see from the side just the amount of heel depth that intuition offers, but yet being very square footed when you analyze those feet uh, looking at them straight on. Yeah, I mean, I would echo the same thing and just to add on. I mean, I think intuition offers a lot. Uh, what the Angus breed maybe needs right now, obviously foot quality. There's a lot of discussion around foot quality in the breed, but also, you know, the Angus cow is now the largest, largest cow, uh, in the U S and that's a, that's a moderate bull. That's just, uh, kind of a meat wagon, lots of, um, uh, rib shape and muscle expression. Uh, he's out cross pedigree, uh, particularly to be, uh, I think he's either one or a little bit over one on marbling. Um, and uh, Jared kind of alluded to his mother, and that's might be one thing we sound like a broken record on this uh, on this talk, but we put a lot of emphasis on the cows behind these bulls that we talk about. Um, and he's got two really good ones behind him. Obviously, Sitz is known, uh, you know, as being one of those maternal herds, and uh, you know, both of those cows behind him are have a lot of quality, really feminine, really wedge fronted, uh, good udder quality. And so, like I said, we'll probably mention it several other times on these other bulls, but the cow, the cows and the mothers behind these bulls is so, so important um, when we, when we're selecting what bulls that we decide to bring in. Yeah. And another, another thing that, I mean, out West here, we focus on it a lot, but it's an issue across the country really is PAP. Um, you know, since has been one of those herds that have tested for PAP for many, many years. And that was also a selling point for us on, on intuition is that he's helping the breed. I mean, he tested a 39 as a, as an older bull. Um, and, and I think even if you're at low elevation, you might not see some of those problems in your cows or at your home farm or wherever it is, but 
I guarantee you when those cattle go up to higher elevations or feedlots, um, you know, especially feedlots as fat cattle and they're kind of getting ready to go to harvest, that's really when when that is of utmost importance. We've got as much money in those cattle as we ever have. Um, and to lose them then is extremely expensive for everybody involved. Um, and I think intuition really helps with that. I mean, and coming from a place that's had generations of tested cattle for um, for Pat. Jared, we were both at, at Sitz's spring sale just, uh, I guess, a month ago now, but we had a chance with several of us to go through that large pen of intuition sons and know they were very well received uh, in the sale. Just looking, you know, as you scroll through the sale results uh, there for the Sitz sale, but what were your thoughts kind of as a from a sire group perspective of the intuitions at this year's sale? Yeah, I mean, definitely a highlight. Um, it was pretty hard to miss them. You open the book and and they're the first couple lots listed there. But yeah, I mean, just as a group, I mean, those cattle looked a lot like Intuition did himself there on sale day. Um, you know, big middled, nice fronted, um, just a, a pretty attractively smooth shoulder. Um, blended well into the hips and you get behind them, they look like bulls and they stand square on their feet. I mean, just, just correct made attractive cattle. Um, you know, not very many flaws. And, and obviously the sale report kind of showed that. I totally agree. I thought they were very consistent. I thought in, he kind of seemed to stamp them as an entire group. They were pretty uniform just walking through that pen, but maybe to, to keep rolling here, let's, let's talk about a bull called Post Rawhide. I know for both of you guys in your region, Rawhide has been extremely well received uh, the last couple of years and continuing and showing no no signs of slowing down. So, Luke, what do you want to talk a little bit about about Rawhide and what makes him so unique? Yeah, I mean for us, he's been as hot and as popular as anything uh, that we've got in the lineup. He was the highest selling bull from Post in 2020. Um, his mother was the number one. Uh, to a five-day weight of her calf crop. And again, just talking about cows, I mean, she's um, a big part of the success of that bull. Um, really attractive cow. Uh, we'd obviously have Winchester also in the lineup. They'd both be out of that same cow. And to me, I think she's pretty prepotent, prepotent in the way that she breeds. I think she transmits a lot of middle and uh, capacity and body uh, to both of those bulls. Those cattle are easy flushing. Um, they're attractive profiling. Um, but yeah, he was he would be our top seller for uh, last year, 2022. And uh, really just, we were talking about it the other week, um, really a, a rarity in the Angus population these days. Um, having sold in 2020, when you go over, you know, his uh, EPD profile at the time that he sold to today, he's gotten better at just about every category, uh, Cavanese, birth weight, weaning weight, uh, marbling ribeye, um, his dollar maternal index went way up. Um, so when you consider how many Angus bulls in the population trend downwards, um, through their different EPD profiles, as they get more proven, uh, rawhide represents really a kind of a rarity in that he's gotten better with progeny. He's extremely proven now. Uh, he's over 0.8 on accuracy for Cavanese and a, over a point, almost a 0.95 for birth weight. So extremely proven bull. He's a heifer bull. Um, and uh, obviously those cattle have topped a lot of sales around the country, been very well received. 
and uh, he's done it the hard way through progeny. He's proved himself. Yeah, and I mean, you kind of mentioned it there, but the other unique thing about Rawhide is he's he's gotten better on all his numbers, including yearling height and mature height. He's actually come down. He's doing it in a more moderate package. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Luke mentioned a little bit ago that the Angus cow is the biggest cow. I mean, this bull really is checking so many boxes. And I'll, I'll beat the drum again. I mean, and even on PAP, he's got 42 progeny right now retor- reported for PAP. Um, and he's a minus 1.09. So just really getting it done across the board. Um, you know, get Cavanese growth, carcass traits, um, you know, solid foot scores. Um, just those main traits, he's really getting it done, doing a great job. I was kind of interested to look to see what the numbers were like today from just progeny records that had been submitted. And, and Luke, you mentioned his birth weight accuracy EPD of being almost a 0.95, but that's on just over 2,000 birth weight records. So talk about a proven bull. Uh, earlier this spring, Rawhide would have ratioed 99 for birth 101 at weaning end a year on really large groups. Right now at weaning, he would have almost 1,500 progeny records submitted uh, at, at weaning. So as you guys both mentioned, a very proven bull it's showing in his data it would be reflecting that and a bull that's really improved from the time of sale. And, and Jerry, we were talking this morning and it really doesn't look like there's any signs that Rawhide's slowing down uh, from a, a sales perspective. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been as popular as any bull um, for the last, I guess, three years, really. Um, that I, that I can remember. And I like to joke with people. He's kind of like a cast iron skillet. He just gets better and better the more you use him. Um, but I mean, people just keep calling, uh, they want rawhide. Um, they want to plug him in and commercial cows now. And, and thankfully he's been, he's been a good producer. Um, you know, it's always those bulls that everybody wants. You can't ever get that's, that's the trouble, but rawhide's been really been on a roll lately. Um, and he's going to get bred to a lot of cows again this spring. Yeah, I think I think one of the best compliments you can give a bull is, you know, people call back year after year to keep plugging them in and, and plugging them in harder, and he falls into that category. And it's really refreshing in today's day and age just because, you know, these uh, generations are getting turned over so fast, and so many of these Angus bulls don't have very long of a shelf life. So, like I said, I think that's one of the best compliments a bull can have is that he's got the, the staying power and, and – uh, still seeing heavy use in the seed stock industry. Should we shift gears here? Do you guys have anything else on rawhide? I don't have anything on rawhide, but I do have something on intuition. I probably forgot to mention at last year's sale, um, sits as average $9,317 on, on those bulls they sold. And the intuition's average 12,214. So that's a, that's a $2,897 premium on a sour group. I mean, there's not many sour groups you can go and, and clip that coupon like that. So I think that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's definitely worth mentioning again, Jared. Let's maybe talk about uh, Exponential. Exponential being a, a outcross pedigree type bull. He's a bomber out of a south side. Um, what do you guys, what have you seen in the, in the countryside on Exponential or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, that'll be a bull that uh, he's seen heavy use in my region in the south. Uh, and uh, he would have been the top seller at Knollcrest in 2020 also, uh, just like Rawhide was that same year. Um, but yeah, to me, um, personally, I think that's a bull that outbreeds himself in terms of phenotype. Um, he's a bigger frame bull. Um, 
probably a bull that runs a little bit leaner, but like I said, I, I think he's a bull that, uh, outbreeds himself. Uh, those, from what I've seen, those cattle have a lot of length of spine, um, and have a pretty good look to them. And, you know, he's another bull that, uh, um, when I, when I last saw him, he was very good footed, uh, very good toe shape. Um, and, uh, another bull that has gotten it done via progeny. Um, he's another bull that when you pull up his performance pedigree, uh, those cattle are getting it done from birth to, to weaning and yearling and, uh, and marbling as well. Um, so I think I was just looking at his numbers this morning and, you know, he would have, uh, over 600, Winning weight records ratio in 102, over 400 yearling weight records ratio in 102, and uh, nearly 350 ultrasound records ratio in 108 for IMF and 101 for ribeye. So again, another really proven bull that's that's gotten it done and has improved in multiple areas uh, as he's gotten more proven. So he's also uh, been a really good bull for us in terms of fertility. He's actually listed as one of our ultra fertility sires. So. And Luke, can you just remind everyone listening today what the, that ultra fertility stamp is? I think it's it's a pretty big recognition, really. Yeah, it is. Um, so just a disclaimer, when you look through our bull offering, um, just because a bull does not have the ultra fertility uh, stamp or um, icon does not mean that they um, are not a are not an ultra fertility sire. Um, not every single bull goes through our uh, fertility testing Um system but um the ones that have gone through that and have earned that uh, moniker uh, there's several different ingredient ingredients there that we combine to uh, make that determination but uh yeah it's those bulls would be you know the the higher echelon of our lineup in terms of uh semen fertility in the field and in the lab and so you know that's really important for everybody but in particular for commercial breeders um you know there's obviously uh uh, fertility is number one when it comes to commercial operations and getting getting cows uh, bred early. So, yeah, and in particular on fixed time projects. I mean, if you're if you're watching heats constantly, um, you know, I mean, timing is key. That that ultra fertility semen really excels on those fixed time, especially on the non-responders. You know, it's where you'll probably see the biggest bump. I just kind of reiterate on exponential at this really an outcross pedigree, especially when you look at it from a, a carcass standpoint, from a bull would read over a one and one on marbling and ribeye. He's a high dollar C bull. I think you would complement very nicely some pedigrees that, that may have a, a heavy use of gardener genetics. I think exponential would really complement uh, those matings quite well. Just in uh, some uh, information that's been passed along to us here coming up, and the Knollcrest sale would be this coming uh, weekend on April 8th. I know they have several exponential suns that are uh, highlights in that sale and, and just some comments from Paul Bennett that they receive several calls a week on exponential. So there's still some continued demand on exponential breeders, certainly interested in, in using that bull and, and think he brings a lot to the table. Uh, Luke, as you mentioned, just some of his progeny, we, we know that they highlighted, there were some exponential suns that would have highlighted the Edgar Brothers sale in South Dakota. I think one of those is a support photo on his webpage, a bull that certainly has a really cool outline when you when you study that bull from the side. But kind of want to just keep rolling here as we stay on track with our proven Angus bulls, one that uh, I'm sure every everybody here that's listening today would be familiar with would be Myers Fair and Square. 
a bull from uh, my state here in Kentucky, not too far from me, from Myers Angus in Harrodsburg, Joe Myers and family. Uh, fair and square being a blueprint out of a thunder. I'll kind of chime in here. I'm always so impressed uh, every time I go to Tiffin and, and just because of where I live, have the chance to go there a little more frequently than, than both of you guys. But I'm always so impressed with fair and square of how he holds himself together uh, from a body condition standpoint, from a uh, build and, and muscle expression standpoint. I always think the bull looks so complete. Jared, we started out with intuition and talking about a really good footed bull and i'd sure put fair and square up on that list as well just a bull that offers up awesome feet when you look at him from a heel depth he's very square toed uh, very nice and even and just always always looks so good every time i i get a chance to see the bull yeah that's definitely one of my go-to's as far as foot quality um just always so impressive and and love the shape and size of his foot and the heel depth. I mean, really, he's got everything when it comes to foot quality. And, you know, kind of going back to the mothers, I mean, he's got a, about as fertile as, as a mother behind him as anything. Um, and grandmother, for that matter, several generations um, of fertility bred in there. And, you know, we all know fertility is one of the hardest things to get. And it's one of the easiest things to lose. And I think Fair and square is is kind of the epitome of that being bred in, and and I guess passing it on to those daughters. Yeah, for me, he's one that um, going to all these sales, they definitely stand out. I mean, he's another high customer satisfaction kind of bull that people keep uh, plugging back in. He was the our top selling bull in twenty twenty one and came in at the number two spot last year, right behind Rawhide. So. Um, I mean, he's a bull that the good stockmen find. Uh, again, going back to the cow behind him, we've got a really nice feature on his mother on our YouTube channel. And I just would encourage everybody to watch that video because she is stunning, uh, that thunder cow. And obviously the thunder cows have a really good reputation for making good cows. And and uh, she's just picture perfect in terms of her uh, makeup and her body and her utter, utter quality. But... Uh, I mean, to me, you know, I've got registered and commercial uh, customers that have used this bull a lot. And, uh, you know, he's one that when you go and look at calves at weaning, they stand out. They've got big hips. They've got big tops. They've got butts and guts, and they're just really attractive. Um, again, another bull that's, uh, to me, they seem uh, to be easy, easier flushing type cattle, probably, probably uh, or definitely earlier maturing type cattle. You know, he, he actually, the bull himself reminds me a lot of intuition in his frame size and in his, um, his build. Um, but, uh, he, he's another one that, uh, they're going to come thick and, and stout and moderate if, if that's what you need. Good foot quality backed by good cows. Yeah. I mean, he just, he's, he's the one that the good stockmen find to use and plug into their, uh, AI and ET programs. Yeah. I was going to say out here anyway, there's, uh, he's probably the sire that I get the most calf pictures out of, you know, guys on horseback that see these calves coming home off the mountain or, you know, just trailing cows or checking cows or, you know, doctoring cows, whatever it is. It's, there's always a fair and square son that stands out and the cowboys will just, you know, take a quick phone shot and send it to you. But yeah, he's, he's been a fun one um, to kind of watch the whole cycle of and, and see some of those progeny and, and there's been some nice fair and square sons, you know, really the first wave of them have sold this, this spring. Um, 
and, and they're topping sales around too. I mean, I think for good reason. They're very complete package. I think as you guys described the calves and, and the sons, and, and certainly would echo those comments. Jared, you mentioned that topping sales. There was a, a fair and square sun that topped the Deep Creek Angus sale in South Dakota. It would have been the highest ever selling fair and square sun. He brought 105,000 earlier this spring. And one of the things, though, that I'm probably most excited about fair and square is his daughters as they enter production. Uh, just knowing that there was a picture a few weeks ago on our Facebook page of a wet two-year-old from the Tiedemann family there in North Platte, Nebraska. And if that picture of, of a, that fair and square udder doesn't get you excited, then then I'm not so sure what's going on. But a beautiful uttered female. And if, if that's what he produces in terms of, of daughters, I, man, I'm excited. I could see there being another surge again or continued use of fair and square moving forward. If, if he'll produce daughters that look like that, I'd I'd take a hundred of those type of cows, Jared. Yeah, he's. We've definitely had a lot of repeat customers on him too. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're Deep Creek, just a tremendous set of bulls. The high seller, well, the top two high sellers. Um, another bull that brought fifty thousand right behind, right behind him, that was a fair and square. And you know, kind of depend on where you're at. I mean, some guys are plugging them into some heifers, some guys aren't. But I think all in all, for the for the mature size, I think those cattle weigh up, and I think they do a, a darn good job in a lot of different environments. You know, certainly out west, some more rugged country, that's kind of always a concern. What do those cattle do when it gets to August or end of July and on a drought year, no water, no grass? Um, and those cattle have been right in the thick of it, and they've really excelled out here. Maybe just uh, to keep things rolling today here in the in the interest of time, let's Let's wrap up with a really proven uh, maternal sire, and let's wrap up with Musgrave exclusive. Um, Luke, I'm going to turn it over to you and, and kind of let you want you to share your thoughts uh, on Musgrave exclusive. Yeah, I mean, that's a bull that we were fortunate to have the opportunity to lease um, and get in on. Um, I told you I'd sound like a broken record, but again, the, the cows behind that bull, I mean, if you've ever seen exclusive mother, I mean, she's a beast uh, massive body, massive capacity. Uh, grandmother is very impressive as well. So like I said earlier, I mean, that's one thing that whenever we're considering bulls to bring into this program, the cow factors in big time. And, uh, that's a huge piece of the puzzle for us, but yeah, I'd, I'd have to go back and look, but I think exclusive would have been our top selling bull for two or three years running. Um, he had a really good run there and he's still in our, in our top five or 10, uh, Another big customer satisfaction bull that just kind of does a lot of things right. Uh, you know, probably for the 316 line of cattle, a little bit bigger statured cattle, a little bit more gas or performance, uh, but without sacrificing kind of that muscle shape and and uh, and body that comes along with the 316s that people know him for. But uh, that's another bull that has made great females, good cow maker, but then he can make big stout bulls as well. I've had the chance to just the last two springs to to go through the some a few cows at td angus there and visit with trey and and drive around and i think one of the things that has always been a highlight is looking at the wet exclusive daughters just nice tight tidy udders you talk about a, a bull that i think is really a big time udder and teed improver the uh, those udders on those wet daughters were always balanced nice and level and really good teat size and, and shape and i would just say that those daughters that exclusive leaves behind is 
is a really big testament to that bull. But Luke, as you said, still being able to produce really stout and powerful sons that have, have topped several sales and been widely received. But those daughters, I think, are going to have a tremendous impact in those herds that where he was used heavily. Yeah, and I think, you know, the sons, you walk and do a sale offering, a bull offering, and you, you throw the paperwork away and you just go study bulls, just looking through bulls. I mean, it's not uncommon to come back with uh, several of those top bulls you find to be exclusive sons. I mean, they're, they do really well on feed. Um, you know, one of the unique things about exclusive versus 316, in my opinion, at calving is they're just a little bit longer, a little bit taller uh, than, than like your 316s would be. But I think right now he's uh, just over 5,700 progeny reported for birth weight, and he's a plus 0.8, 96% accuracy. So I think, you know, it's safe on, on some of those heifers. And I think you could kind of sneak him into either project there, some cows or some heifers, um, and be able to get by with it. But tremendous phenotype. And like, like Luke said, just really nice cows. Uh, really excited to see what those cattle are going to do as, as they mature. Yeah, and he's, he's one too. If you follow Musgrave's social media, I mean, that bull, even as he gets older, that's a bull that's always a favorite when visitors go to Musgrave's and, and uh, go through the cattle. It seems like they're always taking pictures of visitors with him. So he's, he's always, he's just one of those bulls that when you see him in person, you want to use him. Well, that's, he's a unique package, you know, as an individual to have that much mass and that much length, yet to be so clean and trim and smooth. I mean, he's, He's just so smooth, but it's almost deceiving because there's so much power there, really, too. It's just a very unique package. Well, guys, I, I've really enjoyed our conversation today and talking about just five of the proven Angus bulls in our lineup. As we start to wrap up here today, do you guys have any uh, final comments about the bulls we've discussed or maybe some bulls that you're really excited about uh, coming into this year that we didn't get to cover today? That's kind of like a can of worms, Ben, you know, there's, there's a lot of nice bulls. I, I think, you know, the bulls we've talked about, um, if you haven't used at least one or maybe two of these bulls, I mean, give us a call because I think every breeder could plug these in somehow or some way. I mean, there's enough good in these bulls, uh, phenotypically, genetically, um, and, and pedigree wise too. I mean, like Luke's talked about some of these cows behind here, it's, it's pretty unique to have cows of this caliber behind a set of bulls. Um, give us a call. We'll, we'll help you figure out how to plug them in. Um, I, I think there's something here for everybody that kind of pick and choose where you want to go. I think we've got it. Yeah. Like I said, as much as we praise these bulls, we also know that no bull is perfect. And so we, like Jared said, you know, give us a call. Um, We've seen these bulls. We've seen a lot of the progeny. We can help you uh, get them hooked in and kind of tell you how to mate them or and uh, what they do well, ex- do well, and maybe what they need a little bit of help on. So uh, that's that's uh, one thing we're love talking to customers about. So well, absolutely. And and guys, thank you for being on here today. And, and Amy and your team, thank you for uh, uh, this opportunity, allowing us to host these podcasts and reach a larger segment of our customer base. Thank you again, Ben, Luke, and Jared, for joining us today on the ST Talks podcast and for sharing all that great knowledge on these proven Angus sires in the ST Genetics portfolio. This was another episode of ST Talks. If you like what you heard, you can find more episodes on your favorite podcast platform by searching ST Talks or ST Genetics. 
And if you want to learn more about ST Genetics, visit our website at stgen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And from all of us at ST Genetics, have a great day.